Hey everybody, welcome to the Bob's Burgers After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. Season 6, episode 14, The Hormoniums. We'll be breaking down the episode and talking about things we like, things we didn't like. Though let's be real, it's Bob's Burgers. There was nothing we didn't like. We'll see you all after the break. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. <laughs> I realize that I always point at the camera, like after the intro. I do that too. Yeah, one of these days I'm just gonna like spin around in my chair and be like, coming up, Colbert. Totally Colbert style, 100%. 100%, 100% happy that this song is happening right now and that it happened yes. on the show today. The show uh -huh. was just what I needed. It was, it was. <laughs> uh, yes, everybody, welcome to the Bob's Burgers After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. We're hanging out, we're talking about Bob's Burgers because we love it. And if you love it and you're listening on iTunes, that's awesome. You should subscribe to us there and leave us reviews and let us know what you think because we like to hear from you guys. Conversely, if you are listening on iTunes, remember you can always hop on over to YouTube and uh, watch us live, typically on Monday nights at 10 p.m. Or uh, Monday nights. I'm a, guys, Sunday. it's been a long, it's been, <laughs> it's been a week, it's been a time in my life where I'm very busy and there's a lot going on. I certainly meant Sunday nights. I also do another show on Mondays at 10, incidentally, but that is Sailor Moon, not Bob's Burgers, which I also love for incredibly different reasons. Reasons. Uh, and again, if you uh, are watching uh, live on YouTube, we will uh, get that uh, live chat up and going here in just a minute. If we could perchance get that up on the screen, that would be awesome. And uh, also following along with that hashtag, ABTVBobsB. And if you uh, want to communicate with us on Twitter, you can tweet at us. You can tweet at the lovely Elena Jordan over here at... Oh, you, at Elena Jordan. <laughs> Like to keep it simple. Exactly, I like it. exactly. I, I also like to keep it simple. Emma Fife is my name. It's also my Twitter handle at like Emma it. Fife. Yeah. I do switch things up on Instagram though. I know it's true. You do have a different Instagram. Another Elena Jordan burgled my Instagram. Jeez. <sighs> yeah. Do you suppose she's an Alana Jordan though? She's probably an <laughs> Alana or an Alana. Yeah. Oh, Alana. I'm Elena. Yeah. You can find me on Instagram at that Elena Jordan girl. I feel like if I feel like. <laughs> Alana, like I feel like that's like what you could that like like realistically like being from the South, like this is no judgment at all, but you oh, know, yeah. but you know what I mean. Oh well, I loved when I was growing up. My like dis, my bird name was Atlanta, Georgia, because it sounds like Elena oh, Jordan, and I was like, that's a good a city, buddy. Exactly, I know. Little I'm fine did, with it. Little did they know that it was going to become like the television capital of the world. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's an industrious city. Thank you for the compliment. Exactly. Except exactly. I didn't say industrious because yep. I was in second it means, grade. It means you're doing pretty well in life, <laughs> uh, except you may or may not be crawling with zombies. Uh, there's definitely a possibility of that. Yeah, yeah. But now I'm in LA, where fear the walking dead. I know. So there's you no just, escape. You can't get away. You can't Whether get away. Whether it's uh, Georgia, Woodbury, <laughs> or you're out here. Yep. The zombies are everywhere. That's the moral of the story. Uh, now, getting into this episode of Bob's Burgers, I didn't think it was possible, but I think this may be my new favorite episode this season. This episode was phenomenal. And I know that there are so many episodes that we bring up that they have awesome secondary characters. And we're like, oh, we love it because it's such a good Gale episode or it's such yeah. a good like, Jocelyn episode. Oh, man. Bringing it back to Tina and just literally putting us in Tina's brain yes. this whole episode. I was like, oh. Yeah, I, I really tend to love those episodes that live in Tina's brain in particular. Yeah. Just because... She is, because again, this just highlighted that the thing that I love so, so much about Bob's Burgers, which is Tina is this totally weird, 
like can't quite figure out what horny is, but she's totally horny. Like teenage girl, she's not prepubescent. She's like in the midst of puberty. Oh yeah. And she's definitely like odd and got her odd fantasies and obsessions and she dances that line between being a teenager and being a kid. You know, it's like her room, for example, is is, you know, one wall is full of like tiger beat tear outs. Does am I dating myself by saying tiger beat? Like, you know uh, what I'm talking I'm about. I'm hundred percent on board with Tiger Beat. Perfect. <laughs> JTT grace the cover yeah, of all perfect. of mine. So yeah. for any of you I don't know if they still make Tiger Beat, but for any I'm of you sure they do. who were not uh, middle schoolers in the late nineties, early two thousands, Tiger Beat was this magazine that would publish like just sort of like tear out magazine spreads basically oh, yeah. of like the young hot stars so like JTT and like Leonardo Devin DiCaprio Sala, Sala. Oh, man. Dream Street <laughs> yeah. it was all the best oh, it was the best Dream of the best uh, which this was like the Dream Street of, it, it was, was. Like it totally Dream was Street. it totally was but they were they were like full size pictures of their their faces they were sort of like you know glamour shots really yeah uh and they would always have like a soda or like an ice cream yeah, like, they'd be oh, like look they're just regular boys <laughs> uh and and they were basically designed for you to take them apart and put them on your wall so tina has that on one wall and then it's like horses like i i just cuddling with hearts exactly exactly and just like her whole collection of what i assume are the equivalent in the bobs burgers universe of briar horses which i had quite the collection of myself um and again it's like she is this she's this weird kid and she's not the butt of the joke ever like she's the hero, you know what I mean? She is the butt hero yes, normally. Quite, yeah, not quite only is she not the butt of the joke, but yeah. she's making the joke mm-hmm. and is appreciating the butts. Yeah. So Yeah. And I that's the, and that's the thing is her, you know, her family is like, well, this is just Tina. That's her. They, don't, they accept her. Yeah, they don't try to make her change. They're you know, they just encourage her to keep being her and and grow and do what she needs to do and this was just the perfect example of like how this show really portrays a very positive family relationship. Yeah. And I love that the way that you phrase it too, how you're like, she dances the line between adulthood and kids. Yeah. Because we literally see her dance in a chorus line of puberty that this is, episode. That's what she literally true. dances the no, line. It, it was interesting because I mean it was it was very much about that. So you know the basic premise of the episode is um a sort of a storyline, which was Tina's story, is Tina is in this group, the Hormoniums, and they're basically a show choir that instead of performing like songs from Broadway musicals or sort of Broadway musical sounding arrangements of Beyonce songs, they perform original hits about going through puberty. Yes. And all Tina has ever wanted in the world is to be the soloist. And the girl who's normally the soloist uh, got ill. And so Tina has to step it up because the other girl doesn't actually want to sing. She's in the choir because it's a punishment, apparently. (laughs) I just don't know how this is the first that we're hearing of the Hormoniums, that this has been her dream for two years. I know, I know. I would have, I I was like, if there was any prior reference to it, it was just like a a passing thing in a previous episode. Because I feel like that happened with the Thunder Girls, too, where it was like, we knew Tina was in the Thunder Girls, but then, like, they had the cookie episode and it was amazing. (laughs) And you're like, oh, okay, I get it. I I totally, totally see it now. (laughs) So perhaps they were were, uh, mentioned in passing in the past, as many things are in Bob's Burgers, where it's like, Little little Easter eggs from the past kind of get incorporated again in the future, but I mean the the harmoniums were at large uh, in this episode, and the what the the main solo scroll comes down with is mononucleosis. 
or mono, uh, which is something I think most uh, people will encounter, or they'll at least know somebody in their lives that gets mono. Now, Elena, did you ever have mono? I did have mono, and not from kissing, and that was the sad thing. I was know. Everyone's like, oh, who are you kissing? And you're just sick, blowing in like, your nose. Yeah. Like, no one, how did this happen to me? So Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of a misnomer I know calling how, it the kissing disease. Yeah, because I'm like, really you just is touch about, germs. Yeah, and it's just about like shit. Like this is, I mean, this is why you get it through kissing is because it is carried in the saliva. Um, but for me, I actually got it when I was in college, and it was so funny too because I remember like going to the student health center, and the nurse and I, I just been feeling sick and tired, and I couldn't like shake the sickness. And I remember the, the uh, like nurse being like, oh well, I'm gonna test you for mono. I don't think you have mono because it wasn't that serious like mm-hmm. I was just like I don't know I've got like kind of a cold that won't go away and it's annoying so she tested me for mono assuming it was going to come back negative and it came back positive and I was like oh well that's weird but I realized I think I got it from uh I went to a fencing tournament my freshman year of college yes I was a fencer as in sword like fighting. Uh, and we all were like sharing water bottles as we were, you know, running around uh, to each other's matches. So that'll do it. That's how I got it. That's how I got it. So, <laughs> uh, but I survived, uh, which of course was the, uh, the, the kind of story of this episode was sort of beware of extreme lesson teaching and, and sort of, you know, exploitation plays in this case it wasn't a film they were they were basically doing a play about the dangers of mononucleosis and it's this like great moment um for Mr. Frond who directs their choir because he has always wanted them to be able to perform on the main stage and they have this mandatory assembly because one of the students gets mono and it's like oh this is our it's our big moment and uh so they put together this play about mono that Tina has some strong objections to naturally Yes, but, I mean, it's one of those catch-22 scenarios where it's like, okay, mm-hmm. all she's ever wanted is to be a soloist. I know. But she also doesn't want to be, mm-hmm. like, the kissing leper mm-hmm. of her school. Mm-hmm. Doesn't help that they made posters saying, uh, do not kiss this face. Uh, that seemed a bit extreme. Yeah. Yeah, because she's playing danger posters. Yeah, because she's playing Mona Nucleosis, the main character in this show, which her dream... Of being mononucleosis. Which one? All of them were phenomenal. Uh, the one where she emerged on the red carpet. Oh, brilliant. I know. Brilliant. Just the way that this episode even opened, though, mm-hmm. with her whole Broadway. Oh my God, it was so great. Like dancing around, the you're breaking out. Yeah. It's simple. They're pimples. It's inside dimples. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it was really good. So yeah, it was funny. Like the song in her dream was actually better. Than like the actual songs that they performed. I'm like, let Tina do this. She's got the choreography. Seriously. Like she's already dreamed the whole assembly. I will say the one thing that I was only slightly disappointed in was that like Tina and and it was realistic, but I kind of would have loved it if Tina just like improvised a different glorious ending to the musical. Like she gave she gave a speech. She basically had a monologue about like, no guys, mono a is a monologue. Uh, ah! as as mono nucleosis. <laughs> uh yeah, I, I feel like she um I yeah, I would have loved it if like she'd improvised the ending and it had been like this glorious ending number of her singing about how it, 
like it was okay to kiss people. That was my only really tiny, tiny, tiny minor disappointment, which was far outweighed by Tina's beautiful fantasies. Oh, there, this whole everything about this episode was mm-hmm. just phenomenal. Yeah, we got two dream sequences. Yes, we got puns out the wazoo, which <laughs> I of course love. Yes, we had four different burgers of the day. This was over the course of Ooh, four days. Four different burgers there were of the four day. Burgers what? of the day. All right, what were they? So the first one was uh, Captain Pepper Jack Marrow Burger. Okay. Which I imagine bone marrow and pepper jack yep, cheese. Totally, totally, absolutely. I hear bone marrow is delicious. I don't know that I've personally ever I've had not it, but... had bone marrow, but I do like pepper jack cheese. I appreciate pirates <laughs> and I like puns. So yep. I feel like I would have bought that burger of the Love day. It. Love it. Um, curry on my wayward bun. <laughs> I didn't notice that one at all. That one was... I also love, too, that they can show passage of time with the burgers. Like, you That's know true. that this episode, it was four days because there were four different burgers. You're right. You're so totally it's right. like, all right. Um, the Frisee It, Don't Spray It burger. Okay. That one I noticed. And the We Bought a Zucchini burger. Uh-huh. <laughs> Very clever. Which were all good. And... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which makes up, because the start of the episode, I always love the business that they put mm-hmm. next to them, and it was Regret Me Not Tattoo, yeah. which I was like, nah, that one's good, not the best. Yeah. Made better by Reach for the Sky, or Roach, Roach for, for the, the Sky, sky Exterminator. Yeah. I was like, okay, that one was better. Yeah. But then four glorious burgers of the day, I was like, oh, you got me this episode, guys. Yep. Yep. You've won my heart. Totally, totally And great. my stomach. Now, I feel like there was sort of th- this other kind of... It's not really a lesson so much as just something that's like kind of relatable and a nice illustration of life in in a sense. In that I felt like a lot of Tina's story, it was of course about like, okay, here is something that I've always wanted and sort of, and, and for Tina, being the soloist in the Hormoniums is like the ultimate fame and recognition. Like that's, that's a realistic goal of sort of a claim that she can aspire to at this point. And then when she achieves it, she suddenly finds herself ostracized from her peers. And I think that that is something that happens. You know what I mean? Like when you suddenly find yourself in the spotlight, there is this certain level of sort of removal and disconnect that you have from like the people around you. I don't, I don't know if you've, uh, ever experienced anything like that. I haven't too much, just because most of the people mm-hmm. I hang out with do kind of the same yeah. stuff, so... Yeah, but I just, like, I mean, for me, it's like, I remember when I was in college, and, I mean, doing shows, it was it was kind of different, because, you know, there was always lots of people in the cast, and there I was a lot with a lot of other musical theater majors that was a musical theater major in college, but I remember the first time I directed a show, and it was like, oh my gosh, it's so cool that you're directing, like, a musical in the student theater. This is so awesome. But I also felt like I had no friends for a semester because, like, it was very lonely to be, like, to have that level of sort of responsibility and to have that, that amount of sort of, like, pressure and eyes on you. Like, I feel, I don't know, I really felt, I felt what Tina was going through in this episode. I feel like for Tina, it's a little mm. different, because I think if the subject matter had been different, she would have been all on board. Yeah. And it, you know, yeah, because but this I, was, part of it was the acclaim of, like, you know, nobody really cares about the 
harmoniums. No, but no, her but mom it's even important to her. Out, right. right. And her mom even said, you know, just because nobody cares about something doesn't mean it's not important. Yeah. Which I know it was just a kind of a funny line, but I was like, that's actually a really good no, lesson, and I, Linda. And, and I mean, when she got the, the soloist, they basically were like, oh, uh, we, um, uh, we know that this is really important to you. Like, congratulations. Like, like, we don't get it, but we get that it's a big deal to you. And I think, yeah, but I, but I think it was very deliberately chosen subject matter to kind of illustrate that idea of like, sometimes when you get what you want, it's not everything you dreamed it was going to be. Yeah, I can definitely see that. You know, and so it was a lot of Tina kind of dealing with the moral dilemma of, okay, I got this thing I always really, really wanted, and I get to be the the soloist for forever and ever. This is the bargaining chip that Mr. Fraun throws at her, being like, I know you really want this, so you're going to do this thing you don't want to do that you don't believe in, because after that, you're going to get everything you ever wanted. It's like making that devil's deal, you know what I mean? I love how Mr. Fraun is so emotionally oh manipulative of these Seriously. children, and you're like, okay. I know, he's like supposed to be the guidance counselor. I was like, slow down, <laughs> slow your roll. He's, putting, he's gotten people some <clears throat> Very, very odd Also, voice. I have not forgotten that he was apparently going on a date with someone who was I not know, Gail. Was not Gail. I'm not on board with that, Mm-mm. Mr. Frond. No, nope, Mr. Frond is still <laughs> on my on my my uh, not good people list. <laughs> I would love to hear though from you guys uh, what some of your Tina esque dreams are. So tweet at us and hashtag Tina Dream. Tina Dream. Tell us what your Tina Dream is. Yeah, I like it. I'm interested. Yeah, I definitely, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I, I just I liked that that they specifically picked something that was like a sort of dealing with the repercussions of because again it's like she inv- like expectations versus reality expectations she has this dream of like being on the red carpet being glamorous and being proposed to by multiple men uh, none Tina. of them worried that kissing her will kill them nope exactly exactly <laughs> and then the reality of it is she gets uninvited from Jocelyn's birthday party because she has become the icon for, like, no kissing, for kissing being bad and leading to death. The poster child, the teen beat poster child of don't kiss this face. Yep. It's the worst thing. It really is. Besides, like, hide your butts or something. It's like Tina's worst nightmare. Yeah. Yep. But ultimately, first of all, I really liked the scene where... They all were going to go to the shoe store to uh, get the wine shoe, which is the other storyline, which we'll talk about in just a second here. But where they're where Jean's like, there is no way that you guys are going without me. And so they're like, all right, Jean, I guess you can come. And Louise is like, yeah, me too. And they're like, Tina, you want to come with us? She's like, no, I'll just stay home and learn my lines. Because like, I, I feel like I was that kid, too. Like I was constantly agonizing over all of my life decisions. I mean, I, I'm well aware of the fact that, like, I am so Tina on the inside, but I just, that's part of the reason I love Bob's Burgers is, like, I feel like I'm looking at myself as a 14-year-old. I was a little, uh, no, I wasn't any less awkward than Tina. Nope, I take that back. I was going to be like, I wasn't quite as awkward as Tina, but that is no, not, that is not like true. I feel like even now as an adult, I'm more awkward than Tina. <laughs> so I'm like, I feel you, Tina. Like, you're my spirit yeah, animal. Yeah, yeah, yep. I've got yep. the heart of Tina mm-hmm. and the appetite of Jean. Mm-hmm. And the and vocal stylings of Linda. Of Linda, I love it. <laughs> uh, and when she and when she went to cry in her room, and her dad went after her, like that was such a such a good that moment. Was one of the sweetest things ever. And just everything mm-hmm. that her dad said, even when she's talking about like mm-hmm. working on her lines and everything, and he's like, "Well, we're all really proud of you and your 
hormone stuff. I know it's important to you. I know. And Bob, you can tell he's just oblivious, but he cares so much. And he's like, I know it's important to you, so it's important to me, too. Right, right. And just wants everybody to be happy and loves and cares about his family so much. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, and again, and and he had really good advice of the, you know, Tina was dealing with, I, this is what I want, but it's not the way that I want it because I want to be in the spotlight. I want to be the soloist. I want people to see me, but I don't want people to see me as, you know, the face of death by kiss. (laughs) And also I know that's not true. And Bob's advice being like, you know, if, if you're doing something that you don't believe in, then you shouldn't do it. It's like, it's, it's your mouth. You have control over who you kiss and what you, and say. What you say. Exactly. And he's such a good line. And it was so cute too. When she was like, no boys are ever going to want to kiss me. And her dad was like, no, Tina, they're going to, people are going to want to kiss you. And she's like, boys. He's like, yes. What do they look like? Well, I mean, it's just kind of a hypothetical. Tan. Yes. Tan? Yes. They're definitely tan boys. But not like the orangey tan. No. <laughs> He's so good about dealing with his teenage daughter and his wife because she was going to go and talk to Tina, but was still upset about, about her, her storyline. Yeah, because we learned that Linda uh, has this brilliant uh, auction, this lost and found auction that she runs at the restaurant. Uh, and basically, she sells off lost and found items to the highest bidder, mostly Teddy. Surprise, surprise. Um, who she once sold a nickel for a dime. Yep. But it was worth it because it was a real shiny nickel. Yep. Yep. So I'm like, how much of this is how good Linda is at selling things? And how much of it is Teddy mm-hmm. just always wanting to appease them in any way he can? Right, right. <laughs> um, so she ends up basically Marshmallow, our, our favorite uh, resident drag queen, uh, left behind a shoe at some point. Uh, and apparently she does not want it back because uh, they are now out of season. And she's trying to auction off this shoe and nobody wants to buy it. They're like, oh, I don't know why I would want to buy one a shoe. Size 14, one single <laughs> shoe. shoe. Right. But the other thing that was left behind was actually something that Linda herself left, which was half a bottle of Chardonnay. So basically she puts the Chardonnay in the shoe and suddenly everybody wants the shoe. From 15 cents to $15, mm-hmm. just like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And then I, I'm, tr- I'm totally drawing a blank on the name of the hairdresser, their hairdresser neighbor friend, the one who bought the shoe. Oh, um, Gretchen. Gretchen. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Thank Gretchen you. Gretchen buys it. Yeah. And uh, and uh, she goes back to the salon, and all the girls see her with her wine bottle on display in a shoe, and she's like, oh, my God. Everyone wants it now. It is just the Patrick Dempsey calendar scenario all over again. It's so great. Which is basically the adult version of Tiger Beat. It is. It absolutely <laughs> is. It absolutely is. And um, so then Linda is in this in this scenario of, oh, okay, well, now I got to come up with a way to come up with more shoes to sell as wine holders. And Gretchen's like, oh, they're willing to pay upwards of $20. So they go to the place where Marshmallow actually gets her shoes from. Uh, Totanic. Yeah, Totanic. Totanic, uh, which sells size 14 ladies pumps. And uh, they arrive and find, not shockingly, that uh, these shoes are expansive. Well, when they can hold 350 pounds of mm-hmm, women mm-hmm. who can live, dance, and just ev- the whole 
spiel that the shoe salesman went into was just phenomenal. Yeah. And I love that it harkened back to when Linda was asking Bob about About marshmallow. marshmallow, Yeah. And he's like, I don't know anything about marshmallow. All I know is that she comes and goes as she pleases. She answers to no one and she's totally free. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I mean, I feel like that's the dream right there, right? (laughs) Like, we all want to be marshmallow. She's a very, she's a very free spirit. We get it, Bob. We get it. Yeah, totally. I love it. I love it. Uh, so they instead decide, since obviously they're not going to be able to purchase $160 worth of one pair of shoes that they're trying to sell for like 20 bucks to hold wine bottles in it, they decide to uh, try to get uh, the Fish Odor brothers to invest in their business. Yes. And uh, I loved Bob's pitch for the business. Bob's pitch was amazing. The money fight was phenomenal. Just, they were just on it this whole episode. Even the drag queen name, my new favorite ever, Miss Taint Behaven. Oh, I know. I was like, that is hilarious. Yep. Yep. That is awesome. And I also understand why... These shoes should be so expensive mm-hmm. if phenomenal I, ladies I mean, like that I are wearing them. You, like, he totally sold those shoes to me. Oh, 100%. I was like, if I came in and I was looking for a pair of shoes and someone said that, I'd be like, yes. Be like, these are the ones. These are them. Yes. They are the the one true, the fairy they tale are, of they shoes. Are. That's, my true, that's my true yeah. love right there. My prince is a pa- Which, pair of great shoes. I love this too, is that <laughs> it's kind of the fairy tale <laughs> parallel where... This is the Cinderella wine story. But then Tina kind of has the opposite of Snow White, where the kiss kills you instead of brings you back to life. It's right. like her anti-fairy tale yeah. juxtaposed with Linda's true fairy tale, which is, I'm right there with you, the Prince Charming, which is wine. Of course. Yeah, 100%. Well, that's, that's, yeah, that's Bob's story. Is It's like, I've been looking for the fit for this shoe my whole life. Oh, look, this bottle of wine. It fits perfectly. <laughs> Happily ever after. I found my Prince Charming, and it's a bottle of wine. <laughs> it's like, I've been there. Oh, yep. Many times, Oh, yeah. Bob. Yep. <laughs> I, I relate to that feeling. <laughs> no, it's so great. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, the, the fish odors are not buying it. They're not into it. They're not. They loved the play. They mm-hmm. wanted to fund the play, yes. but not the shoes. Yeah. Which I'm like, at that point, just say, yes, this yeah. is a play that we're doing. Exactly. At least, yeah. But I do love that Mr. Fish Odor was like, so you're mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. here to give me rent money? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Oh, yes. Oh, Jazz in the chat. That's so true. Uh, so oh. when they go to Totastic, of course, Gene, because Gene has just like a beautiful drag queen in him that's waiting to emerge. Oh, uh, 100%. Uh, and he asked, how old do you have to be to work here? And they, <laughs> very specific age, 27. So I agree with you, Jazz41173 in the chat. Gene is totally going to start working at Totastic at, uh, or Totanic rather, at uh, age 27. At, I think exactly. I think that's, I mean, we won't really ever see the kids no, grow up, I, know, I don't think. I know, but yeah, any I mean, they, flash they've forward been episodes. Basically the same age for many years. Which, oh my gosh, that's just the nightmare is <clears> Tina's. <throat> Struggle of always be going through puberty for I know, I know. Yeah. Yeah, it would be interesting to see, like, how Tina turns out. Because obviously she's going to turn out fine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's so much of it is about, like, this really cute family dynamic that they have with the kids. But I, but it would be fun to have, like, 
a flash forward episode or even even a like Tina dream of the future like that actually would probably be better it. than a real flash forward Te- well from this episode we know that everything that's happening in Tina's dream sequences are phenomenal yeah I just want to live mm. in one of Tina's dreams seriously I mean I dream pretty vividly but like oh man but Tina's that got choreography those sparkles oh no so good so good <laughs> Um, yeah. I also love that the fish owners have apparently previously <clears throat> invested, or Felix <clears throat> at least, invested <clears throat> in the light tights. Yes, which Gene has a pair of. Yeah, the tights, the light-up fanny. Mm-hmm. I was like, why would that be necessary? All right. Okay. okay. Yep. All yep. right. But now I want a pair. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, fanny means something very totally different. different in uh, non-U.S. In, in, the, in the U.K.? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I learned that when I uh, went to visit some of my mom's friends in England, and I mentioned my fanny pack, and it was just <laughs> like, what? What? <laughs> I've never seen so much tea spit oh, in, one, uh, in one room before. Mm, yep, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, <laughs> Google it. Uh, you will be... Probably not that surprised. <laughs> no. No. Uh, yeah. And make sure your filters are set when you Google. Oh, yep. <laughs> yep. Yep, that's a that's a very good warning to give. Uh, yes, so uh, things do not quite work out so well for uh, Louise and uh, for uh, well, Louise was involved in this business venture as well, but Linda and and, uh, and company's business venture to sell wine shoes. Uh, but Tina really saves the, her reputation. She actually gets to be really kind of cool in a way I felt like super cool you know it's like because she sort of so she sabotages the show where like so she's basically supposed to die of mono at the end and so she's laying in bed and she's at you know the doctor's office and he's talking about like oh she's gonna die and she sits up she's like actually I feel better now and then like rattles off some actual statistics about mono where it's basically like a lot of people get mono, and you're not going to die unless you're very, very old or very, very young or already have a compromised immune system. <laughs> I looked it up. Yep. <laughs> I yep. love that. Yep. And uh, and then she's like, kind of just goes around and kisses everybody to be like, kissing's fine, guys. Which I think that's Tina's real dream just come true. That's true. His, and now I'm going <clears> to <throat> kiss the whole front row. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yep. And, uh, and then Jocelyn uh, approaches her. After the uh, play is over and says, hey, you know, you're really good in that play, which is always like so gratifying. Like, I remember feeling so gratified when I would do shows as a kid and people would be like, oh, man, you're so good in the play. And I'd be like, I know I'm the coolest. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and then uh, she gets reinvited to Jocelyn's birthday party where she has worked out the fine art playing spin the bottle this is jocelyn's 45 minute party between the window and between her parents right when her mom has to go pick up her brother and her dad coming back from a business trip <laughs> so yeah she's a 45 minute window of her parents being gone where they're gonna play spin the bottle for her birthday and she has calculated the tilt <clears> on <throat> the floor <throat> the wind resistance yeah it's gonna happen, but I love before she even goes over to Jocelyn's. Oh, I when she's know. in her gorgeous dress and she shows up, and her mom is just like, "Oh, hi, Jennifer Love, gorgeous." I know the set of whatever movie you're in is down the street. <laughs> yeah. Her mom just had so many awesome things today too. Like I loved how empowering they were for. Yeah, like even when <clears throat> Tina was talking about, you know, when she wakes up from her second dream, and her mm-hmm. mom is like, "All right, you ready for school?" And she's like, "School better get ready for me." Yeah, she's like, "I love." 
love it. I love the confidence. Yes. And for all of his uh, emotional manipulation of children, I did like... Uh, Mr. Franz uh, quote of where he's like talk, talking Tina into doing the show and she's like I don't know I don't want to do it it's like okay yeah I'm gonna I'll do it because I want to be the, the permanent soloist and uh, he says right press your feelings into a tight little diamond and sparkle <laughs> I do love that even though horrible advice from a guidance horrible, counselor horrible advice from a guidance counselor <laughs> but like let's be real that is all something that uh, that is oh, something yeah. we all do we we've just, all just we've thought it we've done it Yep. And I love that Mr. Fraun even is like when he's trying to validate his mm-hmm. play too. He just has such strong opinions, and he's like, "Oh, mm-hmm. really? We should tone it down." Mm-hmm. That's what gets your point across: is non-extreme action, yeah. just really subtle, really yep. subtle. That's what we should do, Tina. And yeah. you're like, "Oh, okay, Whoa. calm Whoa. down, Fraun. Maybe we go go make some dolls for oh, Gail. Creepy, and, uh, huh? really creepy. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, anything else you want to uh, talk about before we uh, kind of wrap things up here? Uh, well, I love that Linda had actually invented something, the booze shoes that had been invented for oh, five I years. Know. But with the support of her family, mm-hmm. is going to move to sandal candles. Yes, sandal candles. <laughs> Which I hope it's a sandalwood candle oh, in a wooden sandal. Very smart. Wouldn't that? It's just, it's so much. That's it's like perfect. a sandal candleception. Candle, candle sandalception. <laughs> candle sandalception should be the name of the company. Yes. I'm telling you, me and Linda. We I know, you should go into business world. together. It's too bad that she's like two-dimensional and animated and all that. Well, I feel like sometimes I can be two-dimensional <laughs> and, or animated, depending on the moon. So, true, true. you know, it works. It could all it could all work out for you. And did you also know that the bottle is fizzazz? <laughs> Soda instead oh, no. of pizzazz. It was pizzazz. Aww. I was like, okay, love it. <laughs> That's love great. it. Everything yeah. ties in. Yeah, it's so great. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was trying to figure out like if there was anything else that I sort of I feel like we covered it. It's just it was good. It was a it was a good episode about like the sort of uh, double-edged sword of getting everything you want and also like standing up for what you believe in and you know, pursuing a dream, even if somebody already had that dream and has a successful business. <laughs> just still, go for your dreams. Yeah. If somebody else has already come up with it, yep. that just means you came up with something that people want to buy. Exactly. It's all about the way that you view things. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So I think that uh, about covers it. So uh, thanks uh, for those of you who uh, watched live this evening. Thanks for tuning in and joining in on the chat. Remember to keep uh, sharing your uh, your your Tina dreams with us using yes. that uh, that hashtag Tina dream hashtag Tina dream. So uh, we we know uh, <laughs> what what kind of uh, dreams you had when when you were fourteen and if uh, they came true, not quite as you imagined them. Uh, until next week, Elena, where can people uh, keep up with you? What you doing? You can find me all mm-hmm. over the internets on Twitter at Elena Jordan A L A N A J O R D A N and on Instagram at that Elena Jordan girl. And I am Emma Five. You can follow me all over the internet wherever Emma Fife's are sold at Emma Fife. Uh, you can see me on a bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz TV on Sundays. Earlier than this, I also do the Transformers Robots in Disguise after show. And as previously mentioned on this show, when I was like, we tape the show on Mondays. No, we don't. But on Mondays, <laughs> I do the Sailor Moon Crystal after show uh, at 10 p.m. here at AfterBuzz as well. It is a lot of fun. You should watch it. You should also check us out this week, too, on Popcorn Talk Network, where Emma and I will both be doing the Con Guys show and giving you guys rundowns. So if you're a big Comic-Con fan or want to go. 
who come, watch our show. Come check it out. <laughs> uh, yes, and guys, we'll be back again uh, next week. Probably the same time. It might be earlier. So follow us on Twitter. We'll let you know. Uh, we'll let you know what's going on, and uh, we will uh, see you all then. Thanks for watching. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Just, Just what, what I needed! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.